Multiple Myeloma Hub Podcasts, brought to you by Scientific Education Support. Hello and welcome to the Multiple Myeloma Hub Podcast. Today we'll be hearing from Mohamed Moti of Hôpital Saint-Antoine and Sorbonne University in Paris, France. This is the first episode of a podcast series dedicated to the first Multiple Myeloma Hub Satellite Symposium. The symposium was held virtually in May 2021 during the 7th World Congress on Controversies in Multiple Myeloma. The symposium focused on the theme of should cure be the goal for multiple myeloma? In this episode, our speaker will be discussing whether cure has a different meaning with regard to multiple myeloma. Thank you for inviting me to this uh, Multiple Myeloma Hub uh, Symposium. Uh, we at the Comey Congress are extremely grateful uh, for the Hub uh, for organizing this nonprofit activity. And I'd like to congratulate you and Sagar for the flourishing Multiple Myeloma Hub activities. This is really a very uh, fascinating uh, uh, initiative. So you've given me for the next few minutes or so the very hard task of trying to answer the question, does cure have a different meaning in multiple myeloma? I'm not sure I have the right answer, but I'll try to provide some data from the available research evidence on how to approach this question. These are my uh, disclosures. Uh, Just for the sake of introduction, this is an active young businessman uh, the, with myeloma, uh, the question is, does cure have a, a same uh, meaning uh, for him compared to this uh, older uh, but fit gentleman, but also compared to this uh, older but definitely frail and uh, uh, fragile uh, multiple myeloma patient? So you would guess the question is quite uh, difficult, especially if you consider the traditional vision of cure we have, and I think in the hematology field, chronic mild leukemia is really uh, the uh, disease model, I think, for cure, where thanks to the advent of uh, TK inhibitors, these patients can enjoy, I think, uh, similar survival to what you would expect from the life expectancy of someone without uh, such disease. In the field of myeloma, I think we are still far from uh, this definition, which is reaching, you know, the life expectancy of a normal individual. Although already in 1991, and we owe a lot to Dr. Barlogi, he asked the question about whether uh, we're going for a cure in multiple myeloma uh, at a time where I think the only available options were about conventional chemotherapies. But this has raised a lot of debate actually within the uh, myeloma community at this time. And you see these editorial reviews, whether this is reality, whether this is hype. And then uh, Dr. Rash Kumar and the Mayo Clinic team came with the concept of cure versus control. Still, uh, Dr. Barlogi persisted and thanks to the uh, total therapy, I think, he was able uh, to show that at least a small proportion of patients over the long term uh, is capable of achieving uh, some cure, which I now would call functional or operational cure. And this has been shown progressively 
over time by adding uh, the uh, new uh, so-called or the so-called novel agent, which are now standard of care, I think. Uh, and uh, part of uh, these efforts to try to define uh, the cure uh, was the findings that uh, actually those patients achieving a complete remission, according to the historical definition of complete remission, are likely those patients who are going to achieve the best outcome. And if you look after 10 years of follow-up, there's definitely 25 maybe percent of the patient who are enjoying a sort of a, a plateau curve. And that has actually uh, prompted several colleagues, uh, especially uh, uh, Dr. Ray Pauls, who was the first time as far as I uh, was able uh, to look, and uh, this uh, was uh, brought to my attention by Professor Harousseau, actually, uh, in an abstract uh, uh, from ASH, uh, highlighting and using the semantic of operational uh, cure. And today, uh, according to different investigators, especially Dr. San Miguel and colleagues, it was uh, uh, highlighted that uh, the definition of cure or functional cure is likely about those patients who uh, are in complete remission for more than 10 years. However, uh, later data could also establish that CR by itself is not sufficient, but it's about sustainability. So you need to have sustained CR. And in this study uh, by uh, Dr. Barlogi's group, it was about more than two years. And this has been further emphasized and uh, brought into a higher level uh, introducing the concept of MRD uh, negativity. So whenever you are able to dig deeper in terms of response, actually it's slightly better to predict the longer outcome. And this is the seminal uh, contribution uh, from our colleagues in Spain, highlighting that the value of CR relies on the MRD status. And achieving MRD negativity is likely the best predictor of longer survival. When looking into the modern treatment approaches, uh, I think the IFM 2009 trial data uh, published now four or five years ago uh, were quite convincing because this is the trial which tested uh, an autotransplant arm uh, with an induction uh, RVD, lenalidomide, bortezomib, dexamethasone, followed by auto consolidation, len maintenance, versus I would consider a non-transplant, but still a very active, very potent state-of-the-art therapy with uh, lenalidomide, bortezomib, dexamethasone, followed by maintenance. And Professor Aveloiseau has assessed uh, MRD as part of this protocol, and you can appreciate here the very elegant uh, uh, PFS uh, uh, curves when it comes to looking into MRD negativity at a very high threshold, 10 minus six. And that was published by Dr. Perot, uh, by Dr. Perot in blood a couple of years ago. And actually uh, the treatment by itself can have an impact uh, on uh, the interpretation of the MRD value, but at some point, if you are able to achieve 
a very deep MRD, actually, irrespective the way you can achieve this, this is definitely good news for the patient. And uh, these uh, conclusions, these results were further demonstrated in a very uh, amazing uh, set of data, meta-analysis of 14 studies, more than 1,200 patients. And you can see these uh, blue curves here highlighting the value of MRD uh, negativity on progression-free uh, survival. When you look uh, into the concept of uh, sustainability of MRD, I think the uh, conclusions uh, can uh, become even uh, more uh, appealing because uh, although this is a relatively smaller study, uh, but still when you look into the patient who were 24 months of, with 24 months of sustained MRD negativity, then definitely uh, you can see these uh, fantastic uh, uh, survival curves. Very recently, I think this was a couple of months ago, uh, we have seen a publication in Blood uh, about the value of MRD negativity in the high-risk cytogenetics patient because we're all familiar with the baseline characteristic for defining high risk. And now it is proving that we do have a dynamic tool to define high risk disease. And uh, definitely MRD negativity, if you are able to achieve it, and I think now with all the novel combinations, this is uh, gonna be a more frequent probability. Well, definitely achieving undetectable MRD would allow to overcome the dismal prognosis of the transplant eligible patient with high risk cytogenetics. And uh, there was also a very uh, recent study from the uh, group of Dr. Nikhil Munshi at Dana-Farber looking into 44 studies. And if you look into the uh, association of MRD negativity and progression-free survival in different subgroups, actually all the results you can see here on this forest plot on the left-hand side, everything is in favor of uh, the uh, MRD negativity, uh, whether you consider the threshold, the cytogenetic risk, the method for assessment, the depths of clinical respite, or uh, the measurement of uh, MRD status pre-maintenance. So the factors that can impact are definitely the sensitivity, the type of treatment, the prognostic factors, but also we should not uh, neglect the issue of age. And uh, very recently, and this is really new, the value of MRD negativity was also shown not only in the frontline setting, as I have uh, been presenting uh, since the beginning, but also in the relapse setting. This is uh, another uh, JCO paper by Dr. Avail Oiseau on behalf of many international investigators looking into the famous uh, Pollux uh, trial for instance, this is a trial which allowed the approval of daratumumab lenalidomide dexamethasone. And actually, those patients achieving MRD negativity at 10 minus 5, this is the recommendation of the IMW group, are actually those patients who are enjoying really a very nice uh, long-term, uh, actually, uh, progression-free survival. And when you look to the sustainability, the results are even better whether you consider six months, but also 12 months. So definitely MRD negativity 
sustained MRD negativity are really now the targets we would like to achieve. And we believe that now with all the available treatment options we have in hand, we can uh, clearly increase the number of patients uh, who are in deep uh, MRD uh, negativity, but also sustained MRD negativity. And if you look, for instance, into these uh, novel induction regimens prior to transplant, like the DARA RVD, Daratumumab, Len, uh, Bortezomib, Dexamethasone, like in the Griffin trial, you can appreciate that up to 60, more than 60% of the patient are able to be in a, a MRD negative response after 12 months. So this is really a very good start for uh, maybe achieving operational uh, cure. In addition, I think we can further refine uh, this concept of MRD negativity and cure by integrating uh, PET-CT because obviously myeloma is a, a bit more difficult disease compared to leukemia where you know looking into the leukemic cells in the blood may be sufficient because we do have the extramedullary disease. We have the patchy involvement. We have the technical issues with the samples. So definitely PET-CT can provide some additional uh, information. And obviously, I'm uh, sure that at some point, the IMW will uh, reconsider the uh, definitions and will rework, I think, on further refining this issue of MRD uh, negativity, whether looking to the threshold, whether combining with uh, uh, PET scan negativity and so on. So in conclusion to the question, whether can we achieve a cure, I would say definitely uh, we are going hopefully in the near future to have an increased number of myeloma patients who are clearly considered in sort of a functional or operational uh, cure, provided that we are able uh, to uh, achieve very deep MRD uh, negativity in these patients, but also maybe a negative uh, PET scan. And this is true for the young patient, but also for the elderly patient. And I think uh, many of you are really very familiar with this traditional slide about the goals of therapy. And this is uh, really still very relevant today, although it was published by Dr. Peva six years ago uh, in blood. With this, I'd like to thank you for your attention and uh, we'll take your questions uh, during the panel discussion. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Multiple Myeloma Hub podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode, Satellite Symposium, is the treatment of high-risk smouldering multiple myeloma the way to achieve cure? We would also like to thank our supporters, Pfizer, Sanofi, Amvi, Bristol-Myers Squibb, Genentech, GSK, Roche, Amgen and Oncopeptides. Multiple Myeloma Hub Podcasts, brought to you by Scientific Education Support.